You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Welcome to the Ever Black Podcast. On this episode, we are joined by Ever Black writer and photographer JD. How you going, brother? Doing good, man. Doing real good. So you recently spoke to George Samoleski from Propagandi, uh, who are going to be touring here in May, which is uh, pretty damn exciting. So you're you're a bit of a fan, aren't you? Uh, yeah, only since like you know 1996. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you can say I've been a fan for quite a while. Um, no, they're just it, it's a whole part of that uh, Fat Records um, from the early. 90s through uh, the, that era of, or era rather, of um, California punk was just, they dominated every bit of every CD that I ever bought mm. when I was that age. And yeah, Propagandi were right up there. Um, they're a sort of, uh, you love them or you hate them, or you love them but you hate them. It's a, it's a weird relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you stand? I love them, man. Like every, everything they do, they they're a very um, they're a very politically charged band. Mm. Um, they speak up a lot about a lot of issues that are going on with current politics. Sort of gets them a little bit vilified from time to time, but they're speaking up on what I feel is the right behalf, which just makes their music all the more passionate. Have you ever seen them? Before. I haven't because every time they've been out, I've been previously disposed at something else, or <laughs> oh, I haven't had a chance to see them, or it's flown under my radar, or yeah, it, it's sort of just been um, one of those. Uh, I I blinked and I missed <laughs> I missed the opportunity, but they do tend to sell out their shows when they come here. Um, they do have that sort of following. They're just they're just a very energetic. Uh, band and just yeah, put on stellar shows. From what I've heard. <laughs> well, uh, are you going to go see him? Oh, most definitely. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm there. I'm there for sure. Yeah, everyone's got a band like that where they they tour and uh, you just for one reason or another something always seems to. Come I've got up. two. I have got two bands that every single time <laughs> something has come up, and yeah, it's just. This one, yeah, Propagandi is one that always slips under the radar. So you're going to knock it down to one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome to hear, man. That's, that's uh, really cool. They are touring in support of their latest album, Victory Lap, uh, which uh, is pretty awesome. You, you dig that album? Yeah, man. It's it's uh, They've sort of moved away from the whole uh, California punk that they were uh, first made famous for and sort of moved into a more thrashy sort of punk like mm. sort of uh, uh, Bay Area thrash meets uh, California um, 90s punk it's sort of they mesh together really well and with their new guitarist and uh, Su Lin and uh, the, the band dynamic now it just it really shines through on this new album well, Propagandi are touring the country next month, uh, and uh, it kicks off on Sunday, 12th of May, at the Gulf in Adelaide, then Tuesday, the 14th of May, at the Trippet in Brisbane, Friday, the 17th of May, at 
Max Watts in Melbourne. Saturday, 18th of May at the Metro Theatre in Sydney. Sunday, 19th of May at Cambridge Hotel in Newcastle. And tickets are on sale now through sbmpresents.com. Get your tickets because uh, they're guaranteed to sell out, right? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, they're flying away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I bet, I bet. Well, uh, before we go into your interview with George, we just have to mention that this episode is brought to you by Blacklight Art and Design, who are our go-to for all our screen printing needs. They've done all our shirts and hats for uh, Everblack Media, and they've got such a quick turnaround. We highly recommend those guys. Big shout-out to Karen and Buzz. Love your work, guys. Keep up the good work. www.blacklightad.com.au uh, the show is also brought to you by our good friends at RW Promotion, who are the best in the biz when it comes to stickers, flyers, banners, badges, and all other promo you need for your band or business. www.rwpromotion.com.au. Go check them out. And uh, also Lumberpunks. You've been to Lumberpunks? Oh, yes. I've been to Lumberpunks. I love it's the good- place. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, it is definitely a good time. So uh, Lumberpunks Axe Scoring Club uh, now have two venues. One in Miami on the Gold Coast and the other in West End, Brisbane. I'm yet to check out the one in Brisbane. Brilliant. Oh, you've been there? Yes, I I was there a couple of weeks ago for, uh, they had a charity day and yeah, it was, it's an amazing, amazing venue. Awesome. I'm going to have to uh, check that one out. Well, uh, of course, Lumber Punk's Axe Throwing Club is a perfect destination for solo adventurers, date nights, bucks nights, or uh, just hanging out with your friends. doesn't matter what music you listen to either because you get to choose a soundtrack while you're chucking axes and uh, competing against your friends. Well, all sessions are 1.5 hours in length and comprise of a safety induction, instruction on tactical tomahawks and hatchets, and then competitive play. Now, I don't know if you know this, JD, but you can receive 10% off your session when you quote Everblack in your booking notes. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terms and conditions apply, but uh, shout out to Lumberpunks for swinging that our way. No pun intended. Good times. Hell yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for uh, joining us on the show. Uh, Not a problem. Hanging out. Here is your episode with George from Propagandi. Enjoy. Hi, George. Hey, how's it going? Good, it's JD here from Everblack Media. How are you doing? Good, and yourself? Awesome. Thanks for joining us on the Everblack Podcast. It's really great to have you, man. So to give everyone some background, yourself and Chris Hanna embarked on this musical journey all the way back in 1984. Did you think <laughs> you'd be back in Australia 35 years later? No. <laughs> no, not at all. I think in 1984, I thought, geez, if we played a few shows and uh, maybe did it for a few years, that'd probably be about it. But uh, yeah, here we are. Well, it's going to be great to have you back in the country. We're really looking forward to it. So the sound of propaganda has progressed over the years from uh, sort of a skate punk to more of a thrash sound. Uh, have you drawn influence from anywhere, or is it just how your music writing has evolved over the years? Uh, definitely a lot of, of influences, for sure. I think we always kind of go back to the, the well of the stuff that, uh, you know, we were getting into back in those early years in the 80s. And, yeah, I don't know, you know, playing along with stuff, slowly becoming a little bit better, our instruments. You know, I think when Todd joined the band in '97. Uh, definitely brought a harder edge and he uh, I think shared our uh, Chris and I uh, shared our uh, you know most of our musical influences were a little more similar with him than with John and 
yeah, I don't know. I, I think we, you know, obviously we, we kind of vary things up with, uh, you know, some uh, catchy pop stuff here and there, thrash and punk stuff. So I think I think we just like a lot of different forms of music, and we wouldn't ever try to go to genre specific or you know out of a conscious kind of uh, effort. I think it's pretty, uh, you know, representative of our, uh, you know, just the diverse music that we all like. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, propaganda's always been very politically charged. Um, I think now more than ever, we sort of need bands that actually have purpose in their music. Uh, was it always intentional to make the music very politically driven? Well, initially, I think uh, when we discovered, like, uh, like Chris and I, we went to high school together in grade 10. That's 1984 when we used to... Uh, he was kind of uh, enlightening me into the world of underground metal, and then from that we had this love of that that uh, you know, real early stuff, and from that we kind of discovered punk. Uh, and Winnipeg was a bit of a had a really really great music scene in the, in the mid '80s, and uh, I think what spoke to me a lot in those formative years was. Uh, First of all, it was the music, and then over time, I think I started appreciating the this new door being opened to me, the politics of bands like uh, Dead Kennedys, NBC, DOA, some of these bands that we saw rolling through Winnipeg in the mid-'80s, and it was, uh, it, there was nothing like, like I didn't know about any of that stuff. I, you know, you have some questions as, you know, a teenager in our society, and then it just seemed like... Uh, a set of viewpoints to, you know, understand things a little bit better. And I, that, that was hugely influential for us, you know, just what we spent our time on in our 20s and 30s, uh, different projects outside of music. Uh, you know, I think we all sort of had our stats at uh, different kinds of activist uh, stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, like, I think the politics of the music really drove us and that that sense of DIY um, you know being part of cultural production that isn't part of this capitalist machine yep. at least uh, <laughs> you know at least in, uh, in in the ways that you can affect that yep. you know so uh, uh, yeah it was good uh, it was a good that music scene I think in the 80s was a good uh, thing to just immerse yourself in and uh and uh, yeah, I guess those influences are the ones that uh, I think have stood the test of time with me the most. Yeah, uh, for sure. So yeah. Um, so supporting cast was such an iconic album. Um, what was the feel behind that album, and how does it compare to how Victory Lap came about? Well, very, very, very different uh, recording processes. That's for sure. Like. Supporting cast, I think we were kind of uh, really put to the test. Um, at the blasting room, it was it wasn't uh, it, it was eye opening and not easy to get through. Yeah. And uh, I think we were really happy with uh, you know I, I like all the material, I like the album a lot, but it was uh, definitely a big, big, big challenge. Yeah. And uh, with the last two albums that we've done, we've recorded in Winnipeg, and it just feels a little more organic like when you're able to walk down the street to the studio sleep in your own bed at night and I think it just 
I don't know if those last two have come across. It's a little more natural to me, but uh, yeah. So the latest release, Victory Lap, the lyrics seem to have changed to be more introspective and personal to what we've heard before. It seems previous albums were more focused on change on a grand scale, whereas Victory Laps is more about the change a single person's accomplishments can make. Was it more of a focus to have it uh, to hone in on personal triumphs for greater good with this album? Well, I think for Todd and Chris, like, you know, um, I think things would have to get introspective at a certain point. Like, I think, you know, not to say that they weren't in the past, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think we can, you know, easily be a band that's just kind of, you know, talking about issues, specific songs or whatever at this point, you know, that kind of thing. We're being, you know, too obviously and overtly political with stuff. And I think that's just, you know, overdoing this for so long. There's, uh, you know, different, uh, different takes have to be explored on this stuff. But I think it does really reflect, uh, you know, the politics of earlier years mixed you know, with just kind of this, uh, I don't know, like the, the political changes of the last few years, kind of a, a resignation of, of how bad things are getting in a lot of ways. And I yeah. think with, uh, you know, stuff going on in the, in the U.S., this flagrant kind of, uh, you know, mass corporate authoritarian rejection of science in relation to climate change and stuff like that. It, and, and just the emboldening of white nationalism and these kind of things. It just feels like, um, like my own sense, well, a couple of years ago, um, when Trump got elected, uh, I just felt like, like everything just kind of bottomed out. And, uh, and being honest, I think, you know, having a lot less hope in the future, really. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I, it, you know, what motivates you to do anything in this world when you uh, when you're you see the writing on the wall to that extent like uh, I planned on going down to visit the Standing Rock protests in uh, North Dakota before the election and then Trump was elected and I committed to going down to check it out and uh, try to help support uh, that project with some materials and stuff and uh yeah, it, 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 just that experience left me incredibly hopeful and incredibly uh, hopeless at the same time. The weirdest thing. Like, I couldn't believe what an amazing congregation of people, you know, for this this uh, historic moment and that being overshadowed by, you know, this this person who's just going to ram oil and gas fracking and coal and all these things down everybody's throat whether they want them or not you know it's uh anyway there's a lot of uh, things going on and I would not definitely want not want to uh let it be out there that uh you know there is no hope and stuff I, I get a lot more hope now when when I see people fighting for uh change in places like the U.S. and battling back and all this stuff and I you know things like Black Lives Matter and all this stuff, we deserve our support, you know, it's, uh, and, uh, you know, just, uh, we've got to wake up to the realities of who the true terrorists are in this world. 
Most definitely. He's a white nationalist, and certainly, you know, uh, arms makers and all that, the, the, the terrorism that goes on every day under this rubric of the war on terror is like, it's like a, a Christchurch going on every day. Yeah, it's, somewhere. it's absolutely harrowing to see all this stuff, especially when we saw uh, what transpired in uh, Christchurch uh, the other week. Um, to have it so close to home really hit really hit home with a lot of Australians, and I think um, it did unite us. Um, but yeah, it was just seeing that stuff. Like I, I, I sort of attribute to that. I, I attribute that to how Canadians see what's going on with. Uh, what's happening in America. Yeah, I mean, we're no saints up here ourselves. We have a, a large host of, of major, major issues. Um, but, uh, you know, this white nationalist thing, I think, is something that, uh, you know, uh, we're all in this world together, and we got to work it out somehow. So I think, at the very least, people who are sympathetic, you know, to... Uh, fighting back on that stuff uh, should become involved just you know we should uh, you know not allow that stuff to frighten us or to uh, you know just wallow in our own uh, apathy I guess so getting back to uh, the tour that's coming up what do people have to look forward to if they're going to experience their first propaganda show <laughs> um a good amount of our latest album, which we do our best to rehearse for and play exactly like the record. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we try to include a little something in there for everyone, for like something from each album. Yeah. And because uh, you never know, there, there could be a 55-year-old person who wants to hear something from the new record and... <laughs> Often it's somebody who's 17 who only wants to hear some stuff from our first record. <laughs> it's hilarious. So we, we, we try to just mix it up and not uh, you know, go too heavily on the, to one record. But it, it is, since we're with Victory Lab, there'll be a, a healthy amount of that all. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I was introduced to you guys through the um, uh, Survival of the Fattest album, and the first time oh, I yeah. heard a propaganda song was Nation States. And okay, yeah. yeah, from then it's just been, yeah, everything, that era of punk is just, yeah, that's me all over. <laughs> right on. So, so uh, if you want us to include that in the set, we can. Oh, that would be fantastic. Just for you. <laughs> oh, yes. Just the Brisbane show. Don't don't play it anywhere else. Just the Brisbane show will do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sounds good. So, uh, with Beaver not touring anymore, um, how has the dynamic of the band changed with uh, Sue Lin taking up guitarist duties? Well, it's a little bit different. She lives in, in the States. She uh, just moved to New York a few months ago, actually. But uh, So that, that's the main, the main uh, issue for us to deal with, is just time, you know. Um, she comes up frequently to Winnipeg, and we'll... Uh, and uh, you know, a week or two practicing at a time, and uh, we we went through a lot of uh, little trips where she was coming up from Tampa to Winnipeg, and yeah, spent a lot of work um, before Victory Lab came out, just kind of 
you know, getting to know each other and uh like she comes up and just crashes at our places, you know. And it was good, you know, meet somebody new, whole host different uh influences and playing styles and stuff and uh yeah, we put a lot of time in I guess and now it, it feels like we're in a good spot because you know, we can arrange to, you know, get together for a week, go off and do a tour. We haven't played since uh, November, so yeah, it'll be great to see her in, uh, in a few weeks coming up. And we'll, uh, I think we, we, we've done a lot of uh, preparatory work, so it doesn't, uh, like she shows up ready to go, and it's, uh, it's really good. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. It's It's been fantastic talking with you. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys in May for the Australian tour. Yeah, looking forward to Brisbane a lot. Awesome, thank you so much, man. Well, nation, nation states primed up and ready to go for that show only. Oh, that's going to be so good. <laughs> okay, all right, man. Thanks so much, mate. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points.